Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your Amanda Freitag, hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth! In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, show you how to... Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. <laughs> Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the mostest, Munoz. And how y'all doing? You might have noticed some changes around here. Yes, it's a new birth and a new beginning, a field with seeds to sow. The rainstorms and the cloudy days. Oh my God, I've been in a really musical mood the past couple weeks. I feel like my body... Um, Like, you know, when your body tells you you're hungry or you're tired or something like that, I feel like my body is telling me that it's missing the musical theater of it all, although I just don't want to go back into that white man's world. But um, I (laughs) really have just been, like, really feeling my musical theater oats. Um, Lots of changes around here. I'm part of a podcast network, y'all, a food podcast network created by and produced by people that make and serve your food. So like alongside me are James Beard Award winning podcast Copper and Heat. Hello, who the who the F am I? <laughs> Um, the Sidework Podcast, all these amazing, amazing podcasts that I am so honored to be alongside on the One Star Podcast Network. Check them all out. Big things are happening um, soon enough. You know, you know, your girl Munoz might be making some money. So don't be mad if you hear an ad is all I'm going to say because she needs the coins in this pocket honey. Um, There's a new fabulous logo. There is some new merch. If you want to be, you know, if you want to take it from fan to super fan, you can just go to www.themunios.com forward slash mouth merch and do all the things. Um, It's just really, really exciting. Um, And oh my God, if you didn't listen to last week's episode and Chef Denovan, get into it and break out the tissues because it was... 
it it's uh, it was an episode I'm really really proud of, and I'm still reeling just from that moment we had together. That like. Oh, that moment. But we're going to move on and get to the getting on because the gay celebrities just keep on coming, y'all. Or should I say the les celebrities? Um, we're going to get into it because <laughs> today's guest is super, super food royalty. In your mouth, listeners, please help me welcome comedian and food lover and host of Food Network's Carnivorous, the one, the or only, Courtney Rader. Say hey. hi. Oh, hey. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, and I, I prefer... Am- a celesbian. Thank you so much. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, a celesbian. Oh, yes. Can we get that on a shirt? Let's let's make that happen. Can I'm not even kidding. I uh, run with take it. it, run with it, make throw it on a shirt as well. Seriously. <laughs> Make that celesbian. No, you know what I was thinking because I often say, you know, gay liberties, but then, you know, gay to me sometimes means a little like male dominated and like, mm-hmm. you know, especially in New York City, we forget about our sisters, right? Our lesbian sisters. And I, I didn't want to like throw that like male title on you, you know? So I was like the lesbian. Oh, I mean, liberties. I'm into, I get it. I get it. But I also am always like, I'm gay. You know what I mean? It's fine. But yeah. if I go to a gay bar, I it's... You know, you don't really see too many lesbians walking around. Lesbians. Lesbians. But no, anywhere outside of New York City, you do. Like up in Canada, we we are a family. Um, but <laughs> but like New York City, and maybe I haven't really been out to LA, but um, I know New York City. We we are very separate, and no me gusta punto com. True, and I speak a little Spanish, so I know it means you don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before we get anywhere, I want to tell y'all out there, In Your Mouth listeners, I'm sure you know because she's been all over your television screens and all over the intranets. When most kids were dreaming of cookies and cakes, South Jersey native Courtney Rader was dreaming of riblets and steak. (laughs) Courtney grew up in the restaurant business and has always been a fan of farm fresh ingredients and bold flavors. In April of 2018, Courtney made her TV debut on the Food Network's Ultimate Summer Cook-Off as a guest judge with Chef Eddie Jack. Since then, Courtney's been launched into a world of hosting and judging on shows such as Food Network, Cooking Channels, Beat Bobby Flay, Valerie Bertinelli's Family Food Showdown, Best Thing I Ever Ate, and more. In 2017, she hosted several shows on Genius Kitchen, a digital subsidiary of Food Network, including a series called Carnivorous. But I need to start where we always start, Courtney. In the grand tradition of In Your Mouth, I need to wish you Happy National Irish Food! day irish food day (laughs) wow happy national we're talking about another nation's food day where (laughs) i mean are those things what were the oh those like irish potatoes they're like a candy do you remember them we would have them on saint patty's day at school and they were like rolled up i don't know kind of tastes like marzipan but that and covered in cinnamon and that shit was good so i will eat one of those today oh funny you should say that because i was in an insomnia cookie the other day are you familiar with the insomnia cookie i am not a sponsor of this podcast I sleepwalk there constantly yes, but they had a potato cookie an irish potato cookie oh I mean, and I wondered what it was, but I wanted to be in and out of there because of right. you know, coronavirus. Yeah, no, I got you. And so <laughs> I didn't bother to ask. 
So it's I, like marzipan. I, I probably should read. I'm like this. basically just going off of sense memory here, but like, yeah, it's like marzipan rolled in like cinnamon in a ball. I don't know. I'm not. It's like almondy. I think. Oh. oh god, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, while while we're celebrating National Irish Food Day, so what? Yeah. Is it like corned beef and cabbage? Is it shepherd's pie? Is it just potatoes? I mean, it's and like yeah, corned beef meat? and cabbage for sure. Um, which is just you know farts and lettuce. So. Uh, yep. So happy Farts Farts and Lettuce Day. Um, <laughs> legit, it is legit. It's just like farts. boiled farts. I'm into it though. And lettuce. With some mashed yeah. carrots. Ugh. Fuck it up. Oh my, yeah, fuck it up. Um, my mother just invited me over for, because every St. Patty's Day she makes corned beef and cabbage. And I was like, cabbage she feeds me in like 10 minutes, I'll be sky riding. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Look at that's him go. A, that's a Golden Girls. That's a Golden Girls quote. She's a Golden Girls. Oh yeah, fanatic. The the Philly Voice wrote an article I just found on Insomnia Cookies uses Irish potatoes, a Philly tradition, as inspiration for a it's new. It's a Philly flavor. tradition. Maybe that's why I was in. Because wow. I mean, South Jersey. I'm from South Jersey originally, and we sort of just like you know we have all the same sports teams as Philly. We have all the same venue concert venues is Philly. So we're like a subsidiary of the Philadelphia area. So yeah, I, I went, I went to school in Princeton, New Jersey, okay. not to be confused, not to be confused with at mm, Princeton. Yes. In Princeton, New Jersey. <laughs> like, yeah. um, so I, I am familiar. Insomnia spin on the treat is a snickerdoodle cookie with coconut flakes and it's cream cheese chips. And cream cheese, not marzipan. Okay. I lied to you. All right. You know what? I, I, I'm here for an yeah. Irish potato cookie, but there's no potato in the cookie. It just like so, looks like a potato when you roll it up. Like a you, greasy little potato. You know what? I, I prefer my potatoes baked and or fried. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> or in vodka that, form. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yes. Or in vodka. You know what? I knew I liked you from the get-go. <laughs> See, you thought I was drinking when we first started. I did, like, I did think. <laughs> in your mouth, listeners, uh, Courtney came on this morning to the podcast to record, and all I hear is the clinking of the glass, and it's like, what, not 9, 30, 10 o'clock? <laughs> um, and I was like, are you drinking? Are we having a morning cocktail? And she's like, like no, bitch. It's, it's iced coffee. coffee. In this economy, maybe. Yes, honestly. <laughs> well, you know what? No matter what you're celebrating out there today, happy National Irish Food Day to you. And Courtney, did you know uh, that on this day in gay history in 1970, the film version of Matt Crowley's play, The Boys in the Band, opens in New York, directed by William Friedkin. The director remarks, I hope there are happy homosexuals. There, there just don't happen to be any in my film. Oh, my God, what a great day. I miss theater so much. Right? I, did you happen to watch the Netflix Boys in the Band? I didn't. But I I think I'm, I mean, I honestly, like, pre-COVID forget um, what I've done, what I've seen. But I did see it um, when it was in New York. So that was. On Broadway, yeah. with the, the, most the most recent, recent production? Obviously, yeah. And I was like, I travel back in time, baby. Yes, with my with my good friend Robin DeJesus. <laughs> Shout out to you. I have to figure out how to get him on this pod, right? Oh my god! Somehow, yeah, I just watched. Do you remember Robin DeJesus from Camp? Wait, remember my Camp? girlfriend and I watched Camp literally two nights ago. Which, yeah, we love gay. We love Camp. We love gay Camp. 
And yes. that movie, we've been singing Century Tree for the past, like, <laughs> since we... Rob, it sucks. <laughs> Robin Jesus is the one with the acne, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the little one. Michael. Right? Um, I, I, yes, Michael. I've known him forever, and he's, like, the sweetest. And he's actually in Boys in the Band. He was in Boys in the Band on Broadway, and he's in Boys in the Band on Netflix. So, mm-hmm. But it's hateful. The homosexuals in that movie are Hateful. 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 It makes you feel, you know, I mean, it's like New York, right? you know what I mean? I'm just kidding. But it's just, yeah, there's a, well, you know what? Uh, not all of us are hateful, but there's a lot of hateful homosexuals out this there in New York City. Very true. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good day in gay history because where would we be without boys in the band and art and theater and film, especially these days, right? Because Film and film and TV are kind of carrying us through. The artists are carrying us through. Oh, absolutely! Um, this pandemic for sure. But I want to get to the getting on and learn a little bit more about you. So you're from South Jersey, but I want to know where did the love of food begin? So um, my dad uh, is a chef, so I kind of grew up in. Um, I grew up in a house where he was always cooking and always bringing new dishes to the table, literally. And I was the only kid that sort of took interest in what he was cooking, what he was making. And um, that sort of like got me excited about food in general uh, to start. And I think I I liked that it was something that was like special. Um, One, because like a lot of people in their families, I mean, gender stereotypes, but like the mom is usually the one that cooks. So I thought it was so cool that like my dad was cooking five-star meals for us and I got to like talk about it and brag about it. And um, What kind of food was he cooking? Was it like, did it run the gamut or like was his specialty like Italian or maybe, you know, Irish food for National Uh, Irish Food Day? I mean, he did throw up, uh, throw up. Oh my God. No, he did throw out (laughs) some, uh, you know, some corned beef and cabbage for Irish food day. Was he baby birding you throwing up? Oh my God. Yes. Like, um, was it Reese Witherspoon? Who was doing that a while ago? Maybe Reese without her spoon. I don't know. Um, (laughs) She was without her spoon, so she had to, you know, spit it up. Not, um, not Reese without a can to get off my podcast. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much. Um, no, uh, he was, I mean, he made like everything across the board. Like, I remember I loved his chicken marsala. He made Caesar salad from scratch. He made awesome, like, southern food. Um, great Italian, really good steaks, pizzas. I don't know. It just like everything. You'd yeah. be like, I, I kind of want to try this. He'd be like, okay, you know, and he, it was all from scratch and it was all like, I, I've texted him before being like, can you send me this recipe? And he's like, you kind of have to go by feel. And I'm like, that doesn't help anyone, you know? It, but, it, but I understand it as someone who yeah. is home trained himself. Um, sometimes, sometimes you make something and it's literally like you, you can tell somebody, but you have to like feel your way through it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just talking to somebody last night about a recipe and uh, that of someone popular on the internet. And they were like, well, is it really that good? And I go, it's good. But I go, you cook enough that once you once you start doing it and like start dipping your spoon and tasting it, you can feel your way through the recipe because right. you know. And you'll know what's missing to make it stellar. Yeah. So well, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. For sure. And it was funny because, I mean, uh, about a month ago, I, I actually had covid and I still don't fully have my sense of smell back. But, um, you know, 
two weeks after, uh, I was like, I want to make my dad's chili. And I had no sense of taste or smell. And I texted him. I was like, what's the recipe? He was like, you got to go by feel. I was like, I'm fucked. So I was just like sort of going from memory and like trying to taste, trying to smell. And I was just like, it was just air. And my girlfriend had some and she was like, it's actually really good. And I was like, oh, sweet. Okay. So, you know, it is in there a little bit, but it, it is definitely like by not only memory, but like tasting and smelling as you go and really like feeling it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad to see that you're healthy and still with us. Thank, thank you. I great. also had COVID for four and a half weeks like, uh, at the beginning, almost a year ago now. Oh my God, can you even believe it? And no, actually a year to date ago is when I got it because it's the 17th. Oh I'm like today so, in national yeah. history, we have the uh, sadness of yeah. COVID. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but um, I was just reading on the Internet the other day, to, speaking of your taste and smell, I think there is this he may be Jamaican of Jamaican heritage, this Jamaican boy that went viral on TikTok um, because he had lost his taste of um, his sense of taste and smell. And he used his grandmother's, his Jamaican... I, I really think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Jamaican grandmother's recipe. An orange. Where he burnt... He like heated the orange, peeled it really quickly, smashed it, and like put brown sugar, and then ate it hot very quickly. And his it's going it's went viral all over TikTok, and all these doctors are like it's placebo effect, but apparently it's worked for a bunch of people. Well, I don't yeah. know. I'm not a doctor. I like to play one on this podcast. Sometimes. <laughs> I'm here for it. Hey, but no. maybe you should try it and report back. I know. I think I should because I mean, I I like. They've said that it's not actually like anything that like is uh, because of the sickness. It's it's like a neuron thing. So it's like getting your senses back literally. And like I think something like a placebo effect would actually, you know, fuck with your brain to be like, hey, you can still smell. Yeah. I and I mean, it sounds delicious. I mean, you literally hold an orange over the flame till yeah. it's like black. And then you peel it, smash it, throw some like dark brown sugar in it and eat it hot. It's like I mean, a burnt orange for like an old fashioned gone too far. You know what I mean? Just like. Yeah, but it sounds delicious. I would eat it. Yeah. I'm in- I'll try it. Hello. <laughs> I'll try it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So you're. So let's go back oh, uh, one more time because we've gone. We've gone. No, I love I love taking like a left turn on this yellow brick road because <laughs> it's just it's just really fun. And this is how we did things here. But so, you know, you grow up cooking with your dad and, you know, you've obviously inherited some of those skills. Um, and now you're you're doing this. You're doing the comedy circuit in what I assume is New York. Yes? Yeah. Um, so it was I mean. You know, going from being in, you know, getting excited about food and realizing that food was sort of a a way to tell someone you love them or you care about them or you're thinking of them and spend time with them rather than just like throwing food on the table. I kind of took that with me from my dad. And then I went to school for musical theater and was like, I want to be on Broadway. And then I moved here and was like, (laughs) so you can relate with my with my intro. Oh, absolutely. But do you ever like have that moment where you're like, I can't tell if I really love this or I'm actually good at it. And so like I moved to the city and was like, I love theater so much. But wow, if I'm going up against these people, I don't got it. You know what I mean? I was like, I'm not very good, but yeah. I fucking loved it. Um, And so I 
started doing stand-up and improv because I realized like too when I was in these shows I was like just always looking to be like some sort of comedic relief and like kind of farting around I was like okay wait I like performing I like making people laugh there's something else here so I started doing stand-up and improv and then I got really into like hosting um because I realized I just like one-on-one with people and like sort of getting to know their stories and making them laugh and then there was this weird casting call that was like looking for comedians who love cooking. And I was like, huh? So I like sent in my stuff and I talked to them for, you know, 20 minutes in front of the camera. They were like, we love you. And I was traveling with carnivorous, uh, like a week later. So it was just like a crazy, like of all the worlds sort of colliding, I suppose. Um, I mean, almost like kismet, if you will, right? To, to make a, a musical theater I mean, there. it was pretty <laughs> unreal, so. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, I too, listen, I felt like I was good at it. Um, there was just, there was just no place for someone like an old homo from way <laughs> back um, that wanted to sing Rodgers and Hammerstein, but looking Latino. There was no place right. for a short Latino who wanted to sing Rodgers and Hammerstein. Like sure. they weren't I mean, casting. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they wanted they wanted me to play thug oh, absolutely. and that's not what I was oh, doing. Too sweet. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like <laughs> Yeah. I remember yeah. I was like at so, Pearl Studios when I made the decision and I was like waiting in line for something. I think I thought it was the elevator. And then some woman was like, Are you here for Les Mis? I was like, No, I'm not. I'm not here. I'm not here. And I just like laughed. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not. You really didn't you you really didn't want to play Cosette. Oh <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Just like down all the octaves. <laughs> I like to go with it. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> my uh, very Miranda sings of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You are feeding me all my musical but that's theater the thing, vibes. Like, <laughs> I fucking morning. die for musical theater. I think it's just like one of the, I mean, okay, so we watched, um, everybody's talking about Jamie on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, the amount I cried, I was like, I just miss theater so much. It's just like, it's just so special. And I really can't fucking wait for it to be back. <laughs> it really is. There are some opening numbers. That like will start and I will be sobbing. And the people next to me in the theater would be like, what is wrong with you? This is the overture. And I'm like, nipples immediately hard. It's like, oh my God. Like, yeah, same. Yeah. Ridiculous. (laughs) I get you. Yeah. It's so crazy. No, I want to ask you something. Um, I want to take a turn again, right? Okay. Um, Because we're going back. So, no, just about kind of you're very out in this world. And it's beautiful to see because, I mean, there I started this journey. In your mouth, listeners, we do not know each other. I don't know most of my guests who come on here, right? But I accost, I accost them and I flirt with them. And, you know, we make magic happen. And so what I love is the visibility of it all. And I started this journey many years ago. Um, as my listeners know, because I didn't see a face like mm-hmm. mine on television, right? Not only a Latino face, but a queer face, you know, mm-hmm. like an LGBTQ face, right? It was all beautiful Giada De Laurentiis and Ina Garten. And this is true. 
you live your life very out loud. And do you think it has had an effect on your audience? Yeah, honestly, I, I've had a lot of, um, I mean, I, it's strange because like when I was in school for theater, I remember if something wasn't going well or like I wasn't feeling connected, I remember people being like, maybe it's because you're gay. I was like, no, that doesn't affect the fact that I can act or sing or, and I remember feeling a little bit like ashamed. And, you know, even to the point of my showcase, I was like singing hopelessly devoted being like, here's to hoping that I don't get, you know, pegged as a lesbian and I don't get signed. Whereas like one of the people that was working on our showcase was the casting for the L word at the time. So, or like the, or had been cast for the L word. Oh and God. I was like, I love if I had word. gone out and been myself and like wore my flannel on my beanie and did a little bit of a standup instead of singing Grease, I'm like, maybe things would have gone differently, but I'm like, you know what, you know, we're here we are. It's fine. But I think I got to the point where I was like, if I'm doing something that I'm so connected to, I'm going to hundred percent be myself. It is weird though, because like for some people, it is my like defining quality. And they're like, this is my friend, so-and-so she's a great singer. This is my friend, blah, blah, blah. She moved. We went to school together. This is my friend, Courtney. She's a lesbian. And it's like, Oh, well, you know, know, they don't need to (laughs) definitely less now, but like, like, sorry, you don't need to know who I'm sleeping with, you know? Yeah. But it's, it's strange. I think after I got on Food no- Food Network, I mean, I was very feminine presenting, I feel. Like, I, I mean, I never, I don't call myself a lipstick lesbian. I say I'm a chapstick lesbian. It's like somewhere in between. And I think if you know, like if you, you can gauge and look at me and be like, yeah, she's gay, you know, or whatever. But I've had so many like weird men, like see my show and like flirt with me through DMs. I'm like, oh, leave me alone. And there's like talking about like how I know I'm gay if I've never slept with a man. And man, I'm just like, in what world? I don't know. Because a lot of... Say it. Go you know, ahead and say it. A lot of, you know, Food Network's target audience is middle-aged men from middle America. <laughs> and Yeah, and all I the housewives. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think me being out and proud for sure has uh, affected maybe some of my like viewership, but would I change that for anything? No, you know? No, I, I love it. And I'm obsessed with your girlfriend um, oh, who's a drag a, queen. I'm she like, is. what? I was, she, uh, I'm obsessed. You would love her. I mean, she a Broadway drag queen. I mean, Broadway by day, drag by night. I'm obsessed, obsessed. What was coming out like? It was weird. It was very, so I knew I tried to come out to my mom first when I was 13 years old. And she said, I was 13, baby. I was a baby dyke. And I was like, oh my God. But you're like all of like 24. (laughs) Me right now. Yes. Girl, I am 29 feeling fine. It's fine. Um, I wouldn't believe it, but yeah, I just turned 40. Look at this skin, honey. <laughs> I was like, we're both 29. So, okay. Yes. Um, I tried to come out to my mom when I was 13. Because I was like, I think I have a crush on my best friend. And she was like, um, maybe you're gay. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I don't know. Is that okay? Like, I don't know if I want to be gay. I, I don't know. And she was just like, people don't change, Courtney. And then closed the door. And that was the last we talked about it. And so I like sort of like 
kept it inside. And then when I was 16, I had this like best friend in the whole world. We would have sleepovers. And one night she was crying and I kissed her. She was like, why'd you do that? And I was like, I don't know. And so we slept with each other for uh, (laughs) when I was 16 to 17 in high school. Um, But I still, for some reason, was like, that's just best friends practicing for boys. Like fully like hooking up. Um, And then I like officially came out my sophomore year in college. Um, Because like we were, you know, like girls make out with girls at parties all the time in college, or at least I thought. And then, like, it would be to the point where, like, people were like, hey, Courtney really, like, is always trying to make out with us when we're drunk. I was like, oh, God, getting crazy. We better kiss. <laughs> like, wait a minute, Courtney. It's just, like, a few of us, like, drinking wine. I'm like, we should take our shirts off. So, like, I think that I had to, like, be real with myself for a second and be like, oh, I'm not practicing for boys at the ripe age of, you know, 20. Yeah, Courtney's, Courtney's, a, Courtney's a player with some swag <laughs> from back in the day. Oh, yes. my God. The coolest thing, though, this is like, okay, we always joke. I, I played Patty Simcox in uh, in a production of Grease in Reno, Nevada. And I ended up sleeping with all the pink ladies and the stage manager and someone that worked at the box office and some ensemble members and that was the swaggiest I've ever been. Yes. And now yes. I'm like married. So I'm not actually married, but you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So you came out. Family's good. You know, I always say, or I'm assuming, um, cause you didn't mention your family. Um, but I always say our, our stories are important and we never know who's listening. And, um, I want to thank you for sharing because, oh, you know, e- each, each one of us has our own trajectory and, and to see us shining, especially mm-hmm. see you so present, like out there, like on our television screens and and everywhere and shining as um, a gay person, uh, a celebrity. Is that what we called it? Celebian. <laughs> a celebian. Oh. Yeah, um, I feel like that's a, that's a thing. It's, but it's important. <laughs> it's important to see. I mean, last week, Chef Denovan, who just won Chopped, was on and I, I was telling him how how amazing it was just to see his beautiful Filipino face on the screen talking about coming out to his father on his father's deathbed and if wow. he won and if he won the money he would take his husband to the Philippines to show him his roots and how proud he was of his Filipino roots and it's like oh my god I have full body chills I'm like you need cry. you need to watch you need to watch that <laughs> chopped episode because within the first 5 minutes you're crying as soon as they introduce him i was oh, sobbing man. It, yeah. it was a beautiful <laughs> moment, but it's important to see. It's important to see. It's important to see women like you shine. It's important to see men like him shine, right? Because I, I said to him, I was like, if it had such an impact on me, think about like that little kid out there that was like me. Even I wasn't even that young back then. What eleven years ago, longing for somebody, uh, sure. uh, a person of color on my television screen. You know, so if it had that impact on me, think about like that kid that's just watching this with his mom that sees you. Right. Right. Shining Whoa, in, yeah. in this field. Right. And there's like that like little light switch clicks being like, oh, wow. Wow. He, like he's amazing. Like, look, look how like proud he is and how like open and like he takes the whole competition home like that. I mean, you, you served a, a Filipino chef um, it, pork, a pork competition. There was I no mean, way. 
there was no way he um, wasn't winning that, you know? A silver platter, like for real, like that, of course, absolutely. Like you served in that competition. But still, you know, so our story is important. And I want to thank you for sharing um, that. I want to kind of take us out for a second into, you know, my favorite part of the pod and the audience's favorite part of the pod. You know, give you a little break and okay. introduce you something that we like to call here on In Your Mouth, Food News Update! News. Food News! Food News! honey, you ain't ready, girl! Spill the tea! News Update! Wax, Don Draper, Audrey Hepburn, Al Roker, and more mingle with patrons at famed New York City Steakhouse. <laughs> Have you heard about this? Wait, is this at Peter Luger's? Yes. <laughs> I have I just saw something about this and I was like, are you joking me? That is, I kind of want to go. I kind of, can we go together? Like socially Honestly, distance? yeah, let's do, I mean, yeah. I'll Listen, be close I to am, a wax figure, but we'll be apart. So that's Like we thing. have the antibodies. I'm half vaxxed. <laughs> we can, I get my other vaccine in like a week or so. So oh, great. I mean, I I saw that I saw it on SNL actually, and they were like, "You can dine with, you know, Tom Cruise and have a drink made by, oh no, Bill Cosby." And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "That's a mess." So, in your mouth, listeners, Brooklyn's famed Peter Luger Steakhouse has teamed with Madame Tussauds to have celebrity wax figures mingle with patrons, promoting the easing of coronavirus pandemic restrictions on indoor dining in New York City. A wax John Hamm, known for his p- portrayal of ad executive Don Draper in the hit TV series, could be found at the restaurant's bar uh, Friday with a cocktail in hand. Other figures on loan from Madame Tussauds include Michael Strahan, Jimmy Fallon, Al Roker, Audrey Hepburn, in Holly Golightly. A breakfast at Tiffany's mode. Thank you, NBCNewYork.com, for this article. Um, isn't that amazing? I'm into it. I uh, I wonder if they're all out at the same time to make the restaurant look more full. Yeah, I think so. There was a while ago when the restrictions. Remember when the restrictions eased up the first time, like month, yeah. like six months ago, and there was some other restaurant that literally put, you know. Uh, Mannequins from the dress barn, though, <laughs> like <laughs> their thing. No way. Yeah. And dress them up to have. But this is much better. I know. I'm. I'm into. I'm into the idea of having mannequins separate tables rather than plastic dividers. Just like, hey, yeah. I think that's so fucking funny. But I don't think I could keep my hands off like somebody like a Michael Strahan. A million years ago, there used to be at the Javits Center um, the Gay Life Expo. Uh, before there oh. before there was ever drag con or anything, there was all these like gay owned businesses and whatnot that you could go and mingle and learn about and whatnot. And I remember at I was working for HX magazine or something or I forget. And they Madame Tussauds brought like The Rock in his like you know wrestler wear, and yeah. I could not stop from feeling him up. I every I which mean, way, I, shape, or form. I support that life for you. That sounds. <laughs> I mean, also they're like, "Don't touch," and you're like, "Well, I must." Have I to. must, you know, because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to sexually harass the real thing. Like, but this is fake. <laughs> yeah, we look over; it's like completely melted because you just touched it for so long. We're like, wait a minute, <laughs> why is his crotch missing? <laughs> Literally, like his crotch is dripping. You're like, what? And one of his pecs? I don't know. <laughs> don't know. I, I was, I was over, I was over there. You know, sampling, <laughs> sampling the the rainbow cake. 
Yep, absolutely. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, I think I think Courtney and I are here for this uh, for this moment in time. Um, well, I'm here for it. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I would have a a Sazerac with Don Draper. Why not? <laughs> Popular Los Angeles restaurant closes after high tech dine and dash scheme. Womp womp. Have you heard about this? This is this is. I actually, have not. Terrible. So according to the Los Angeles Times, a growing number of the city's restaurants have struggled as scammers take advantage of internet or ordering to use fraudulent credit cards or request refunds claiming they never received part or all of their order. The Korean fusion cafe Spoon by H had ing- had the ingredients to become LA's success story, but is the epitome of small business with owner and chef Yoon Jin Hwang working 15-hour days to run the restaurant with her mother and brother. We have no staff. We have no cooks. I do everything by myself, said Wang. Like so many other small businesses, we were hit hard by the pandemic. All we could do was just take it day by day and do whatever we could to stay afloat. So basically what happens is like people will order through Seamless or Grubhub or whatnot. And the biggest one that happened to her was uh, someone ordered something like seven, eight hundred dollars worth of food, and then a week later disputed that they never got their food or they didn't put that order in. So then the company, whoever it was, refunded their money and takes it away from the restaurant. So then the restaurant not only loses the money but loses the money in food too. Oh Jesus Christ! And it kept having happening over and over and over to them. Like that massive amount of money. Yeah. To them, oh where they God. just had to, um, they just had to end up shutting down. How, like, how do you sleep at night if you are putting some a hardworking business owner and their family out of business so you can have free food? I, I don't know. It's crazy because a lot of this, I mean, with like with Grubhub and Seamus and like Drizzly, it's all basically like an honor system. I mean. You like check a box being like, I am 21 or like, I, you know, I got everything. And as a business owner, you have to sort of believe your customer because the customer is always right. But like, I'm not sure how someone would sleep. I I, I also don't know how someone someone would do that, especially like, why do people have to be assholes during this pandemic? Everyone's suffering. And, you know, and it just makes it a double whammy because, you know, they're, they're Asian Americans, right? And this restaurant was thriving, like out the door, could not get in, sort of like hype <sighs> beyond belief. And yeah. then um, these people just took this restaurant down from the back end. And the other issue that a lot of these restaurants have been having lately with these apps is that the apps take such a huge percentage that they're actually not making money. So there was a call to action during the pandemic to old school pick up the phone and order take out oh. and see if they would deliver because then they get a hundred percent of their funds oh whoa yeah i've even noticed in new york city there's this uh ramen place that i order from like if it's cold and i want soup or whatnot i walked by the other day i was like you know what i'm gonna take a walk i'm just gonna pick up the phone order and pick up mm-hmm. um it was seamless i live in 120 sque- square feet in times square if any seamless order i put in is no less than $35, $40, no matter yeah. what it is, right? Yeah. I walked by, it was $18. And 
And I was like, wait a minute. And I put the same order in to my Seamless app. And sure enough, it came up $40 because the prices on Seamless are jacked up on the menu. And then it's delivery and tax and tip and this and that. And I was like, and the restaurant isn't seeing most of that money. No, they're, I mean, they're literally just paying for the the food. That's why I bartend um, when I'm, uh, you know, not filming and, passing the time just because also I love it so much and I work at this Italian restaurant um and they're constantly like reminding people when you order on our website that is the best thing you can do for us like of course we support Uber Eats and Seamless but like a lot of times you know they're not seeing like a third of that money yeah it's it's really insane. Well, there's a little bit of a twist here. Um, the pa- the patrons saw her struggles and stepped in to help, raising more than sixty thousand dollars on a GoFundMe uh. page. Huang said it's been wa- it's been a wonderful reminder that there is more good in the people around us and in our communities. Huang plans to pay off her debt with the money raised, and she said may consider opening a new business someday with her earnings, but she doesn't know when or what type of business. So at least like something good came out of this. Thank you, CBS News, for the article. Mm, um, yeah, but we are I not mean, here for these assholes. For <laughs> no, not here for the assholes. Absolutely not. For, However, like sure. being reminded that there are better people in the world than there are, you know, bad. I'm like, oh, thank God. Gives me a little faith in humanity. Yeah. Again. And if we've learned anything from this pandemic, we like... It takes a village and we got to like help each other. Like we have to help each other. Yeah. And and last but not least, what be, what may be NYC's best pizza can't be bought with money, only bartered for. Have you heard about this guy doing this in New York City? I have not and I am very excited. Yes. <laughs> so there is this man, this uh, man by the name of Gabriella Monica, right? And he was set to open up his own shop, but then COVID hit and he had to put all of his plans on hold. He says, the only thing I could do uh, was to make pizza at home, which was the only thing that made me happy and got me up and running in the morning from his, uh, he said, from his Harlem apartment. He started posting his pizzas and that's when things started to blow up. Up. People started uh, asking to buy his pies, but he was un- he wasn't like comfortable with that. And so he says, "I was like, you know, I really feel bad charging you for this. I'm not going to make any real money out of it. So if you still want to try it, I really want to give you the pizza. It's my pleasure, but give me something else in return, any homemade food or anything you're good at making." And then it became a sensation that he barters for this pizza and. Whoa. The pizza is so good because the dough apparently sits out for like 96 hours oh, or okay. something. Wow. And so you can't now you can't get your hands on his pizza and people are trading him like the craziest things just to get their hands on some of his pizza. I kind of want to try it. I mean, I know you can't get your hands on it, but fuck, I'm like so intrigued now. I mean, I think you're like celebrity status if you have your people know, call his like- people be like would you like to film a video and that could be you know some yeah. maybe i just kind of want to know how i mean i'm always into the idea of like leaving like dough and letting it like ferment a little bit and sort of just like get a I, i'm yeah i'm i'm just now i'm so intrigued yeah <laughs> It's it's really crazy. He, um, he goes, but not everyone agree. He agrees to barter with is exactly skilled in the kitchen, so he'll take some other things as well. Sometimes people don't know how to cook, so they tell me, "Oh, can I give you a bottle of wine?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." 
Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. He spends about uh twenty dollars per pie and the costs do add up. Do add up. I can't talk this morning. Um do but sharing up. his passion for pizza is uh with others is priceless. Oh my god. Okay, so what is worth twenty dollars that I can offer this man? I mean uh, well, the virginity is gone, so I mean <laughs> <laughs> Like, listen, I have a pig or my virginity. What would you like? <laughs> He's like, whoa, wait, whoa, this guy a little crazy. <laughs> I, I bet you, I'm I'm curious to know like some of the other crazy things people have offered him because I'm sure someone has slid into his DMs. Yeah, with some are really like crazy nasty business like Craigslist sort of requests and like, wait, whoa, no, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why I keep thinking livestock. I'm like a horse, <laughs> like five chickens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is an old Calcutta. <laughs> I don't know, man. You're like, this is Harlem. I mean, I live in Harlem, so I'm like, let's find this man. Yeah. I mean, up. you know what? Maybe we could set out on an adventure together to find him. And Peter Lugers first, and then we'll go find the pizza man. Wasted. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I'm I'm here for that. And I think that's a, a perfect way to end. Food and news <laughs> update. <laughs> How was that for you? Is that is this oh, what you're going to share with your girlfriend when after probably. she wakes up? You know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Just that last part. Like I don't know. We're talking about bartering my virginity for some pizza. And, uh, yeah. like, wait, what? <laughs> As if that's an actual thing. I mean, I know. <laughs> hey, you know, we times here on, is hard. on in your mouth. Do not. Do not support bartering your virginity virginity for anything. <laughs> yes, yeah, so this is the disclaimer. We do not. We do. However, not. pizza. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, we don't. We don't. <laughs> oh, we don't. <laughs> Speaking of bartering your virginity, though, carnivorous is. I was. I fell into a deep carnivorous hole. Uh, and Same. yeah, right. <laughs> oh, it's been a minute, girl. But um, the it has taken you everywhere i mean everywhere where haven't you been do you have like a favorite like food moment or do you have like a favorite like person you met like when you were like in portland or you were tasting hot chicken or like i okay so like my favorite food city was birmingham alabama because i went into i went there with like zero expectations i was just like what's in alabama and i was like very, I mean, I was super judgmental and I remember going there and like, there was every single kind of food you could ever imagine. I had like chorizo meatloaf and then I walked down the street and had like fresh berries at this like farm stand. And then I went to a James, the best restaurant in America, um, uh, a James Beard award winner. And I was just like, all of this is like right here. And I just, and super like elegant cocktail bars that were like really trendy it was just like weirdly like brooklyn on crack i was like oh my god i was like i'm so sorry birmingham i had no idea um so that was like definitely like my favorite food city just to realize that like you may think you know but like there the country is full of surprises especially around food um my favorite like person that i've ever worked with or met um when i was in cleveland uh, we were filming at Michael Simon's restaurant and him. we had the same production team working on our shows. So they were filming an episode of his 
And I was just sort of hanging out in the hotel room. And they were like, do you want to do a segment with Michael? He says he wants to meet you. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. So we ended up doing this like segment together and he was so kind. He gave me his phone number and was like, if you ever need anything, you know, I really, I think you're so much fun. Um, and I would love to like work with you again. And then he actually recommended me to be his co-host for Beat Bobby Flay. So it's just like, it just the nicest guy in the whole world that sort of just like was so willing to like give me a leg up because it was just starting out, you know, and that was, yeah. I will like never forget that. Yeah. He's incredible. I did. I went back in the, my food blogging days. Um, he was doing some sort of like demo for some, I don't know, appliance company that he was partnered with. And he like served us out dinner. Like it was very intimate and he like came and sat near me and a, a friend of mine and we were just mm-hmm. like shooting the shit. And I was like, I am obsessed with you. And I go, I mean, my mother is obsessed with you, but like yes. now I'm obsessed with you. And he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, I get all the, he goes, I get all like the, the older housewives and Clinton Kelly gets like the younger housewife. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's so, just so, he's just so charming. And that laugh, I mean. I'm obsessed with him. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a really great guy. I also, uh, speaking of bald Food Network people, a bald yes. men Food Network p- people, I got to moderate <laughs> a panel on the Intrepid about cakes in the Navy. Random. Whoa, <laughs> wild! And we're not talking about ass and Navy ass. We're talking about <laughs> making cake by the literal cake by the ocean. Yes, yes, okay. legit. Like the, <laughs> people making these massive cakes on these like you know battleships. And Duff Goldman was one of the panelists. And so um, when I show up to these things, I live my best like Billy Porter life. Like I have like my dark Doc Martin boot heels on and I'm giving you like very like gender bendery sort of that's like my vibe. Oh, absolutely. And so and so like I'm sitting down in the green room and he walks in with his wife and we're sitting there and he was like, who are you? He wanted, like, but in the best possible, he's like, I want to know what, <laughs> where you ended, like, how you ended up here. Sure. And I told him, and he was like, this is amazing. And he was so, like, into my story and who I am and, like, my food journey. Um, And I didn't, like, expect that from him. And, like, he was just so kind and like, the way you describe Michael Simon. And I remember we were out on like one of these like balcony not a balcony because naval battleships sure. don't have balconies they have like getaway stairs or whatever right absolutely yeah <laughs> you know like cannon stairs and i was out looking at the sunset on the intrepid and i was about to take a selfie and i didn't even notice like he had popped in behind me to take oh, this selfie cute. with me and i was like i love you and your wife better put you away because I will take you, know, you like, away. You're coming home with me, <laughs> Duff. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Do you have like, what was besides carnivorous, like out of all like the food hosting things you did, how, do you have like a really favorite experience or like one like really like funny moment that was like, you know, like the it moment, like that you'd want to like be like, oh yeah, if I could go back, I want to do that one again. Oh, man. I mean, I don't know. From doing Carnivorous with Genius Kitchen and then doing it again on Food Network, I just, I would not trade that for the world. Um, But one of my favorite, like, 
food city episodes that we did, we were in San Diego and we had three restaurants lined up and all of them fell through somehow. And so we reached and each of those chefs that we were supposed to cook at their restaurants recommended a friend of theirs um, who was just like, you know, they were all just like chefs. They didn't really work, um, have their own restaurants or anything like that. So we did ended up renting out this mansion and doing a potluck. So each of the chefs just like cooked something with me in the kitchen. And then the four of us like ate it together. And I remember it was just like really cool to to see the way that like other, you know, restaurant uh, owners would sort of put other people forward and highlight them. And also that everyone was so willing to just sort of like go with the flow. And it ended up being a really fun, cool episode. And remember, I was like, I forgot that this was my job. I thought we were just like having a party and shooting the shit. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, this happens, you know, because I'm like really popular too. And um, yeah. this happens on this podcast. Like there are just some moments that I have with people on this podcast like, where we click or where we're just laughing that I forget that we're recording a podcast and that oh, like yeah. or uh, that we're actually doing this and we're just like shooting the shit or like once again, I keep going back to last episode just because it was the first time I've cried on the on the podcast. It was the first time I had somebody cry on the podcast, and like I mean, I almost cried. So this would have been the second. That was I saw. I <laughs> but like I saw that train leaving the station, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, what 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 am I what are we doing? Right? And then, but yeah. like you're so enveloped in this moment, whether whether it be like a, a, a you know a sensitive moment or like just laughter, and it's just. You know, things like this, like, have a four. I feel very blessed. Like, this isn't ever what I wanted to. Like, my original idea for this podcast was not this, but like, sure. The fact that it turned into this and it has connected me with such amazing people that, like, it's just such a blessing. And sometimes I live in that space where I forget and it's like, we're having a party and like, we're best friends. And I was like, no, we're actually, yeah. this would work. <laughs> I totally get that. You have that like sort of aha, like aha moment of like, oh wait, like this is what I want to be doing, and this is just really fun, and like, no matter what happens, I love it. So, yeah. so uh. I love that. Oh my god, this has been so much fun, and I don't want to say goodbye to you. Uh, can you tell the kids what's next on on the platter? So, um, you know, it, at these challenging times of COVID, um, I started working on this YouTube channel with the production team that I worked with on Carnivorous. Uh, it's called What's Your Beef with Courtney Rada. Um, we're putting out content here and there, like fun videos, um, uh, supporting local restaurants through takeout, just sort of food news, um, you know, all fun things around food. Oh, you're coming for my gig. Um, you're coming for my food news gig. I, know. I mean, I am the queen of food news. Let's get you Three on there. Years later. Let's eat something together. Yeah, let's do it. I'm I'm down. Listen, and now it's and now it's I can take you to court. <laughs> it's audio. Oh. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> you have I do have the receipts and uh, you did yeah. not say off the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, you can keep it on the record. But yeah, um, so putting out new content every week and working on that right now. Yeah, and just sort of trying to get back to to some form of uh, normalcy. But it has been really nice to sort of get back into that food space and highlighting people and local businesses and just having fun, being safe, but yeah. having fun. I of course, it. and um, that's another joy of this podcast. Just like... You know, giving people the space to, you know, 
let them see them shine and let let you know inform the kids of like yeah like look at this person shining and doing like really amazing things in this space that you may not have known about you know so that's really that's really sure. amazing tell the people where they can find you where they can at you where they cannot slide into your dms please you can find me on instagram uh at court Rada, um also on twitter I tried to take talk at a, t- a certain time. That's not going too well. <laughs> I know the feeling, uh, but also <laughs> I've been uh, posting some updates on my website where you can find all those other links. Uh, you can see all the clips there uh, yeah. or on, you know, check out the YouTube channel, like subscribe, all those things. Uh, what's your beef? With Courtney Rada, that's me. Amazing. So. Yeah, you can go to YouTube, type in Courtney Rada. You can find all the content, just all the content. This is true. Also, all of the Genius Kitchens Carnivorous is yeah. on YouTube. So you yeah, can give those a yeah, watch. Yeah, I fell into that hole. <laughs> I was like, I can watch this you. all day. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on the pod, sharing, you know, sharing your morning with me, you know. All the love. Well, thank this has you. Been really, really um, amazing. You are always welcome in my mouth, right? <laughs> oh, I loved being in your mouth. This was incredible. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I just finished my morning oh. drink oh, yeah. of a coffee. I'm, I'm so taking my last sips. Perfect now. timing. Oh my god! Like we've timed out oh. our coffee. Mm. My god, how cute! Oh my god. You know, it must um, have been love. <laughs> What a a very special episode in your mouth, listeners. I have really nothing to say except for thank you to Courtney Rada for just giving me her time, her spirit, her good vibes and energy. It was such a great day. Um, You know, tune in to the other podcasts on this One Star uh, Podcast Network. If you love food podcasts, all of them are really great and really different from what I'm doing and vice versa. And we have to show each other the love. Uh, Big things coming. I mean, this this snowball is is rolling downhill, y'all. And I couldn't be happier. And with that, I'm just going to say thank you for listening to In Yo Man!